episode 44. Thanks, Moy. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, and their wake up question to finish. This episode is sponsored by the Alpha Way Intensive. Six aspiring or current alpha men and we take them away to the coast and we just take them to another level so if you're interested in that we have south coast uk the first ever one on very early first week in september three three days you need to be available and then we move over two weeks later around the 19th 21st to the west coast usa if you're interested in either just get in touch reach out Get to the podcast. A brilliant one for you today. This man is hard to track down and I kept hounding him. And as I was just telling him, it make, just makes him more desirable. But I've got him eventually. It is Dax Moy. He is the world's highest paid personal trainer, trainer, a coach to celebrities, royalty. Um, he does all sorts. He is the guru maker, which we're going to talk about more. He awakens your guru. And if you think, "Wow, I don't want my guru awakened," you don't know what we're talking about yet. So just hold, <laughs> hold your horses. Um, so, Dax, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Not, a, not at all. I think I'll just go out for a little walk around the block and, uh, and, and do it. No, of course, of course, I. I, I, love, I love that. I love that intro. Kind of, I don't want my guru awakened. It's uh, so many euphemisms, so many dirty places. I could have gone with that. So. <laughs> hey, man, feel feel free. If you just get to, if you get too filthy, I can always edit it, so it's fine. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to your brief bio there? Any key things? No, not really. I think, I think we, we, we live nowadays in, a, in an industry that is always talking about kind of niching and you can, you know, you've got to really pay attention. And that's what I mean by breaking rules. I mean, I'm an I'm a educator. I'm a lecturer in neuroscience, in endocrinology, in um, kinetic chain perspective, mind mapping, in body mapping. Then I teach the business side of stuff. And then I'm actually a coach too. Uh, as you said, celebs, CEOs, royalty, um, you know, all that. I think fortunate in my career to have done a lot in each of those things to a very high standard and make a fairly decent name for myself in all of them. Um, so I, I guess from that perspective, I break a lot of rules. Um, but what it also means is it's given me a lot of experiences that many of, uh, many of the other people around the industry kind of maybe haven't had. I, I've been very, very fortunate to have a very wide education just from working with so many different types of people in so many different genres, in so many different niches. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite, I have quite a lot of opinions. We'll just sit, we'll see, we'll see where it heads tonight. We'll see where it heads. Yep. And put me up as an Englishman. I need to drink my cup of tea in my pink mug with flowers on. So there you go. What a man. That's it. You're, you're, you're confident in touch with your feminine side. That's all good. I am indeed. And, uh, we mentioned about how hard you were to get hold of. Um, you do travel around quite a bit, teaching all, all sorts of people. You teach, and uh, bearing in mind, you, you're based just up the road from me in London. I think the first time I ever saw you speak, I was aware of you, but the first time I ever sort of bumped into you properly was, was in California, because again, you get around. And then I think the second time was somewhere else again, another country. And then I finally, I saw you in Birmingham recently which was, which was good to catch you more on home turf so you do get about yeah so glamorous, glamorous um california las vegas birmingham kind of they yeah. all go together <laughs> haven't taken the sort of the textbook route into your position here 
um, which is what I think is really interesting. And so I wanted to know about your origin story, story, how you came to even get into the training game. And then more importantly, I would say now, sort of the guru project um, and what you're doing around the world now. Well, I mean, my, my original background is, uh, is as a soldier. I joined the parachute regiment at age 16 as a junior leader. Um, later on, committed the ultimate blasphemy and went and joined the Royal Marines and later on worked with some other, some other regiments and stuff before I, before I left the forces. So kind of military career aside, um, I spent a short period as uh, a very short period as a bodyguard, which I absolutely hated. Um, <laughs> I, I investigated the London Fire Brigade. I was I, I kind of I went and joined the Fire Brigade, um, and found that it was just going to be the wrong kind of fit for me. It was uh, like I absolutely loved being a soldier, yeah. loved the idea of being a fireman, but yeah. they they basically said that I couldn't be a, a reserve forces soldier whilst I was in the Fire Brigade. So I, I quit the Fire Brigade, and then I took on a whole bunch of different jobs. I mean, I literally I had a young family, so I, I was doing everything from being painter and decorator to carpenter to road sweeper to sewer worker and all the rest of it and one day I kind of went well what is it I've always loved doing you know I, I boxed I boxed at quite a high standard when I was younger um, and it was always you know and then the regiments I was part of it was always fitness was a big part of that and fitness and health and I thought oh I'll, I'll go I'll go work in a gym and um, I went went to work in a gym kind of got my base personal trainer certification like most personal training, I mean, it was really, the personal training wasn't really that personal. It was more that I would go and work with people, beast them a lot, get them hot, sweaty, breathless, um, tell them what they could and couldn't eat, and basically take all the credit for when, when they stuck to my plan um, and blame it all on them when they didn't, right? <laughs> uh, I did very well for myself in a very short space of time. I'd, I started GP referral, like the very first GP referral program in the country yeah. was started in the borough that I lived in, um, in Islington. And um, I went and applied for it, got rejected, went away and studied at the British Library every spare minute I got. Because I, I still wasn't, well, at that particular moment in time, I still wasn't earning enough, right? So this was before I was doing my 60 appointments per week. Yeah. Um, still wasn't earning enough money. I did another interview, um, got rejected again, essentially, because I didn't have a degree and, and came back and essentially interviewed my interviewers and um, <laughs> uh, basically smashed, smashed their brains with all my knowledge and kind of they, they let me in. Within six weeks, I was a senior consultant in my own center. Within six months, I was senior consultant of the project. Um, within a year, I was advising the Department of Health. I was also working at a very specialized neurological rehab center for people who had strokes and, and various neurological deficits and dysfunctions. Getting results with people there that physical therapists and doctors and neurologists were unable to get. And I was kind of, yeah. I was getting people out of wheelchairs and getting them standing up. And what, what I love about that story is just a lot of people would have just stopped, especially after a couple of rejections, but more importantly, the fact they didn't have that special piece of degree paper yeah, I just said, right, that's not for me or felt that limit. And then they wouldn't have, whereas yours was just hustle and application. My, my personal preference was for working with broken people, people who, people had bits that didn't seem to work. Yeah. Um, and for me, in the early stages, broken people was mostly like a mechanical and neurological thing. It was like, okay, ankles that don't go where they're supposed to go or wrists that don't do what they're supposed to do and all that kind of thing. At the end of a year, I'd gone to my employers at the time and kind of, you know, they, were, they wanted to know how I'd gotten so busy. I was doing a lot of the stuff that I do now, which is actually just getting myself in front of the people that most needed me. Yeah. Um, I offered my, my employers at the time 
the ability to kind of do what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote out this entire blueprint about how we could attract more personal training clients, make more money and all the rest of it. And same thing again, they came back to me and said, wow, this is a brilliant, brilliant plan. Um, unfortunately, you don't have a degree, so we're not going to let you run it. Um, you're going to have, and, you know, you haven't got enough time served in the company, so we can't even make you a supervisor. We'll just make you like a senior coach. So, so they tried to screw me over, basically. I, I told oh, them. That. I hate this small-minded thing, it's, but it really, this, this piece of paper, but geez. Yeah, it's really- uh, you know, I, I told them that I wasn't going to stand for it, and they kind of laughed at me and said, well, you've already given us the plan. We can, we, regardless of whether you're here or not, we can use your plan now, right? So, you know, I, I basically, I found a small church hall about a mile from that gym. Um, at the back, so in the back of this church hall, I, I, I approached them, offered to hire, hire this space for a year. Um, kind of gave it, gave me a year's rent up front and just basically took all my, took all my clients to that place within, uh, within a couple of months. I was, you know, I had people working for me within a year. I was already published in magazines and I was appearing on BBC and ITV and kind of doing, <laughs> doing, doing shows. Oh, that must've been, uh, that must've been awesome, especially yeah. being yeah, so close to the old gym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not being um, spiteful or anything, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> Within 18 months, I outgrew the place that I'd, I'd hired off of them and, and went to the place that I'm in now. And so I've been, I've been in the place that I'm in now for, uh, I don't know, about 12, 13 years now. Later on, I started to explore other things. And then I wrote The Elimination Diet. And The Elimination Diet's been downloaded like over a quarter of a million. I was going to ask, when did you become more, would you say, like worldwide Daximus? Um, was that part of it? Because like you said, that's been downloaded all over the place. Yeah. Um, we take it for granted now. Like it sounds like, oh, you know, it's kind of like old news. Yeah, well, don't eat that, don't eat that, don't eat that. But it all, that all kind of originated with me here in the UK. Yeah, someone's got to say it first, or yeah. Yeah, or test it out of it. Yeah, yeah. There were people, people that weren't necessarily getting all the all the results that they they could and should be getting. And so I studied endocrinology to a very very high standard. Once we started building in kind of stuff around hormones results were amazing so we were really happy like the we we did we went great guns for 30 to 60 days right kind of one to two months um and that you know if we're honest that's when every personal trainer takes their big transformation pictures right that first 30 to 60 days but then kind of 60 days and beyond the client would start to regress so what what became really important to me then was to understand this missing link and the missing link was really um psychology Right. Or well, at the time, what I thought was psychology, and it really was. It kind of once I once I started training up as a as a coach. Um, and I know I'm, I was just going to give you a little plug. Dax does a, a mind map sort of training, and that's the one that's always stood out to me that I'm really keen to get along to. Yeah, yeah. I mean that stuff, and right, so, there's a lot of the chimp paradox type stuff in there, and I, that stuff is just so interesting. Um, my first mainstream book, which was uh, which was the Magic Hundred, which was like a goal achievement program, and that sold like. $107,000 in the first seven days in a completely virgin territory for me. Right? Then later on, we kind of started to identify that, hold on, psych- psychology is based upon, is based upon a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of ideas in psychology that don't necessarily work for a lot of people and they don't work for people that are already in threat. And so psychology is Oh, certainly the way popular psychology works. We personal trainers look at someone and we make these assumptions that they don't want it bad enough or if they wanted it hard bad enough, they'd do it. And and what we saw is that there were very sad and upset and miserable people who really wanted things badly enough, but they still seem to be engaging in what at the time we thought of as self-sabotaging behaviors. Yeah. And so this is where MindMap was born. MindMap then took 
um, mindset to a different level. It took it up to brain set and it started to say, well, hold on, what happens? What's ha- actually happening in the brain, not what's happening in the mind. The yeah. mind. That's me like as a coach and partly as an educator, but I also have the other aspects where, you know, for years now, for over a decade now, I've been now, then it turned into coaching uh, other fitness and health. So, you know, there are, there are some amazing guys out there, you know, if you wanted to go to them for Facebook traffic, they would do 10 times better than I would. Um, if you wanted to go to them for kind of email and autoresponder stuff, they could tell you a ton more than I can. Um, but what I, what I specialize in, in a pretty unique place in the market really is helping people to find what is, what is the unique signature story uh, or what I now call your, your guru principle. So Definitely. We talk talk about awakening the guru within. I believe that everyone is a guru and has the potential to be a guru, and that's my job is to help you awaken that guru. I remember from one of your uh, your first talks I saw where you talk where you literally broke down the word guru because, like you said, it's a lot of people have it as a a bit of a silly word in their mind or a uh, not a, not a positive thing. Could you break down the word guru for us again? I, I thought that was yeah, very absolutely, and, and you're right. And what the word guru actually means, it actually comes from the ancient Sanskrit, which is one of the oldest kind of languages on the planet. And in Sanskrit, guru means dark and ru means light, right? So a guru isn't this cynical kind of con man, con woman who's trying to do you out your money the way we're kind of being told now, nor is it someone who's trying to position himself as a leader or saying, hey, you better follow me. A guru is quite literally someone who who basically shines light on your darkness, helps you see things that you can't currently see. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right? And that, that's all a guru is. Like, and so what, what that means is that like, if, you've got, if you've got like kids and they know how to play a computer game that, or an Xbox game that you don't know how to play and they can get through the levels, in Xbox, they're your guru. They're showing you stuff that you can't see. And we, we are all gurus to other people. We can be gurus to other people. Um, and I believe that only when we actually wake up and start playing our best possible guru game, do we make both the difference to other people, but the difference to ourselves, all the, all the money that you want to make in your life to help you go and do the things that you most want to do. It's all predicated on the, on the, on your ability to bring your unique set of guru skills to the world from one, because the guru mindset, it kind of says, okay, I'm Dax Moy. I know what my particular brand of light is. And I'm just going to stand here and put the biggest beacon up into the sky that I possibly can so that people who are in the darkness and need this particular brand of light will just come walking into my circle. They'll get what they need from me. I don't need them to stay. They can go off and see other people as well, but they're very likely to keep coming back as long as I keep shining my light. And this is the big problem, I think, for a lot of service professionals, whether you be a fit pro, whether you be a chiropractor, whether you be someone who teaches dance or yoga or whatever, right? The, the big problem is that they, they spend so much time trying to be a leader, um, so much time watching what the leaders are doing, listening to what the leaders are saying, that they never, ever take the time to investigate their own unique brand of light. Yeah, they, don't, they barely know what they're doing or what, what they actually want to do. They're just kind of copying what they right. think they should be doing or, yeah, they've been told to do every, every, you know, we, we, got into, we got into our specific brands of work because most of us who do this kind of work are kind of weirdos really, right? We're, we're sort of unemployable. We, we, we don't fit in in a normal work, workplace, which is why we all branched out to do our own thing. And, you know, while you're in that, while you're in that job and it pissed you off and you said, well, I'm going to go off and do my, own, do my own thing and build my own business and no one's going to tell me what to do. You felt really happy at the moment. You went, wow, I'm free. There's no one telling me what to do. And within a couple of months, looking around for people to tell you what to do. Okay, well, 
how am I supposed to get my traffic then? And we don't just, we don't just kind of use the traffic, the, the traffic experts idea as a general piece of advice. We use it specifically, right? We go, all right, well, I've got to do it the way this person told me. And we don't use the copywriting guys advice as general. We use it specifically. And before you know it, you left your job because you couldn't stand having bosses. And before you know it, you've got 15 bosses telling you everything to do from <laughs> autoresponders to traffic generation. And not only are they telling you what to do, a lot of them out there are, are, are <laughs> so opinionated about what they do that they're giving you shit about it if you don't do it that way. They're telling you that you're retarded and you're stupid <laughs> and you've got, you'll never amount to anything if you don't do it this way, right? Yeah. Kind of it, it's unfortunate, but it's true. You know, this is the direction that, uh, that our industry has gone. This is the, the direction that a lot of service professions have gone all within the remit of the, of the leader mindset. The leader mindset is because it comes back to how we started our career, right? Like you say the leader is almost like you're saying they, they feel they have to keep something back or to be above them slightly, as opposed to a guru being in the, in the trenches with them. It's, it's not because anybody out there is bad or anyone out there is, um, I, I don't believe that there are people out there deliberately trying to rip you off or screw you over or make you feel bad about yourself, but that you only ever operate out of the paradigm that you were taught. Yeah. You, you know, if you say, well, you've got to follow my stuff or you'll never get a result. If that's yeah, how you were trained. And they, these guys know as well, fear is a big motivator, isn't it? Big time. Right. That's right. If you can help a person actually identify who they are, and how they want to be as they go through life. So this, for me, this is the big distinction. So there are a lot of people out there that talk about doing coaching, but really what they're doing is mentoring. And the distinction here is this. A mentor is telling you, this is how I did it. And I don't think there's very much coaching going on in the industry. Um, I think there's a lot of mentoring and some really bloody good mentoring as well. I think yeah. once yeah. you've once you've clearly identified who you want to be when you grow up, so to speak, I think go, going and finding a mentor at that point is really powerful because you already know what you're about. And now you say, Hey buddy, I really need some help with traffic now. Can you show me? But very often I think to go to, to go to people who have mentoring as their primary skill set before you've identified who you want to be is kind of like another form of confusion, um, adding more darkness and, and in some respects, almost like, um, emotional slavery. You've kind of given up all your freedom to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's, that is so important because just if you've not figured it out completely, then if you get someone who's a mentor and you're not a hundred percent want to follow almost like you said in their footsteps in the path they've trodden to the lifestyle they've created, then you're going to end up basically following them, but it's not what you actually want or where you're destined to go ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and so, so from, from the group perspective, shining a light on your darkness, the, the darkness is, is ultimately all the things that are in place in your life that are making you forget just how bloody awesome and how bloody powerful and how bloody influential you can actually really be. That is, that's the real darkness. None of us really have a traffic problem. None of us really have a website copy problem. None of us no. have a, have a kind of, Oh, I'm conversion. Like if, if you have a conversion problem, the conversion problem comes not because you've got poorly written copy, but because you're not coming across as authentic and genuine on your own sites or in, in your own material. The minute you show up in life as you people are listening and it, that they'll be very forgiving, even, uh, even of crappy copywriting and right. And on top of that, the thing I like is you're uncopyable straight away. And then you're going to create people who are only, you're going to attract people, sorry, who are only attracted to you because you've got your weird, freaky bits about you. Right. That, that you right. might have in previous times been trying to hide, but then you just let it all out, which is a lot 
easier and more sustainable being authentic and then something freaky you did that is probably going to attract some another freak <laughs> I, I in in terms of coaching i attract you know i've said i've, I've worked with royalty and and a-listers and all this kind of stuff but they're all very much in keeping with my personal values they're, they're all weirdos in their own way and yeah. they're the weirdos in their own way resonate with the weirdo in my own way because we're able to meet with each other straight away and go wow i feel like i've known this person for a really long time and they get me yeah right which is very unusual because the the industry has a lot of posturing and posing and kind of dressing yourself up as something else yeah and it's you know i mean you've you've been around enough enough events now to see you know, every everyone in the audience can be a person on the stage right every single one of them and but they won't do that until they find their own unique selves yeah, because you wouldn't want to, I think I completely agree because for years, unless you're 100% sure on that, you don't want to go up there and think, this is how I am kind of thing. And then a year later, you think, actually, I'm slightly different and change and change. And then because it just looks phony and you can only really, like you say, really shine the light on yourself big once you've, you're comfortable in what you are and what you're doing and what you're all about. Yeah. And most of us won't do that work. Um, we won't. We're kind of it because at the end of a really long, hard day or week or month or year, right? We're 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 coming home every day, and we're like, wow, I really, I really feel something is off in my life. I feel like there's something not going in the right direction. It's not as far. You know what? Right now, I'm too knackered to to do the work to find out who I am. So behavior that is never going to get us where we want to go, um, but we don't seem to be able to break ourselves free of it very well. No, I mean. Dax, I mean, we are going on quite a bit because, uh, but this is just awesome stuff and I wanted to let, let it all come across, all, all what you get up to because it is quite in-depth stuff. But now I just wanted to ask you if you've got a sort of an alpha quote that you like to live your life by, to sort of bringing all these aspects we talked about. What is a quote that you, you like? Um, hmm. I've kind of pinched some of the, the quote from the Oracle at Delphi, which is in my, which is actually in my guru logo, right? The Oracle at Delphi said, you know, know thyself. Yeah. Right. Know thyself. And that's it. Like for me, that, that's the largest part of being a guru, but guruism for like for me then is it, it divides into these three stages or this is what we, what we've got in the logo. Mm -hmm. Know yourself, grow yourself and show yourself. Right. And that's the, that's a description of the journey toward becoming a, becoming a guru. To be, yeah, and no, I love it. I, when, I, when I saw the logo and I just saw that, and it just said, it's kind of, to me, it just says it all. It says the yeah. journey, just spot on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's both a description of, but also a prescription for. Like, if you take the time to really know yourself, if you take the time to grow yourself, and then you, you make it your business every day to show yourself. You know, one of the things I'm always saying is, if you loved this as much as you say you love it, you would show up every single day in front of the people that you claim to most love helping. Show yourself, right? You can be the smartest person on the planet and have all the degrees and the PhDs and the doctorates and all that kind of stuff. Away somewhere, yeah. Right, it's, it's pointless. Uh, that'll be my alpha quote for you. I like it, very good. Um, this is our awakened question. When did it all start to change for you? I mean. For starters, I, I want to kind of go back to your origin as well. What made you join the army or go into the force uh, at 16? My, my granddad was one of the first SAS men in World War II. Um, he, was a, he was a paratrooper and SAS guy. Cool. And um, 
he unfortunately died when I was six, but he must have made a, big, a very big impact on me um, because I remembered all these World War Two stories and, you know, he had shrapnel on his legs and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Right? But I remember his World War Two stories and I, I always remembered that I was, well, I always knew that I was actually going to be a soldier and I, I went and did it and I, I followed in, in his footsteps, you know, airborne and commando and then I ended up in a, in a specialist unit. Um, kind of inspired my father was a violent alcoholic i was 15 i stabbed him through the heart um he was, beat, he was beat, beating up my mum um in, in again and um kind of i've heard you mention that before and you just kind of just dropped into the interview so just because that is obviously that's <laughs> huge but um what was the fallout from that because obviously like the situation i mean it sounds like yeah fair play like you said you said obviously he's beating up your mum and it's basically self-defense but Obviously, what what happened to you? Was there any legal ramifications, or what happened to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I was um, I I was the one who kept him alive anyway, so he, he didn't die. I kept him alive. The paramedics come, um, but kind of as part of the restraining order for me waiting to go to court, I wasn't allowed to live at home, so I went and lived with my grandmother for a while, um, and then I ended up going to live in the. Um, he was a, he was a kind of from a from a gangster family and kind of there was honor among thieves kind of thing. So I they they didn't dream of 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 charging me. So he kind of dropped all the charges, um, but I still wasn't allowed home at the time. So I I went and lived in the in Wales. I was kind of living in the mountains, living off the land. Um, it sounds like a rocky story now. I got myself I got myself really fit and then kind of went off and joined the Paras at sixteen. So and yeah, it was. Obviously, it's really competitive in, in the armed forces, and that's the whole thing. Everyone's trying to be the best. So what do you think started to, you know, not single you out, but what do you think made you go into the commandos and sort of excel in that arena? Was it mindset as well? Because obviously, there's a lot of fit guys there. Definitely mindset, um, but I, I was very hungry. I, I, was, I had a lot of aggression in me because of the way I'd grown up. Um, but I was, I was very, very, very committed to not going back <laughs> so not not going back to my, my to my former life so you know kind of if you if you wash out of the army if you don't kind of make it through recruit training where, where are you going to go you're going to go home right so yeah. I was like well you know I, I had a better better reason than most for for staying and, and making and doing the things that I wanted to do um, so yeah I mean that, that was that was my that was my original background into into the forces so when you came out of the army and you were doing all these different jobs and then even when you sort of kind of settled, it sounded like in sort of training people and you was doing quite well, what finally sort of awakened you and what, what kind of changed when it started to go really well for you? What was, is there any kind of defining moment or I know you was working yeah. for a gym and different things. Yeah, I think, I think for me at the time, um, some of it was just sheer bloody mindedness, to be honest, at the time. Being, you know, you heard like I, I got rejected for rejected for doing the neurological work and, and doing the work with the people with disease and disabilities just made me want it more. Like you know, there's pe people aren't, people can tell me no what they want, but I don't have to accept it. Um, <laughs> 30 grand, like we don't know anyone in our family for generations that have, that have earned 30 grand, right? Not legally anyway. Um, <laughs> like, we, we, we don't know, know anyone who's done that. I'm just like, okay, well, what's 30 grand? I did the math, went, okay, so I need to earn that per, that per, that per month. Oh, I love that. breaking it down because it's just never, right. never so much when you break it down to like right. weekly, daily, yeah, definitely. And I'm just like, okay, 30, 30 grand, I'm going to earn 30. And then at 30, I went, okay, my next target's 50. And at 50, I just went, okay, I'm going to be a six-figure earner. And you know, and then, and then, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm not like a millionaire or multimillionaire kind of thing. I do very well for myself, yeah. but 
Uh, I could do a lot better if money was my mate, was my primary pursuit. Oh, but yeah. I actually, it's lifestyle. Yeah, you you get to do what you want. Yeah, to I, I travel more than most people. Um, I get to see more. You know, I'm not just for work. I mean, I've I get to see some amazing places in my in my life. I get to do a lot of lot of absolutely great things, meaningful. But I I, I created it that way. Uh, yeah. You know, and and that's and that's the point. Um, you know, what do you what do you want your life to actually look like? How do you want it to be? What what are the what are the kind of the sunsets yeah. over distance? And just when you're saying about creating it, I would almost say if someone said this to most people it doesn't sound like an insult, but if someone said to you, You're so lucky, I would see that as an insult to you. You know? Right. That would right. that would piss me off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, but that has been used. You know, people have said, Oh, it's you're so lucky or, you or sometimes like, you're doing all this. You're lucky you sometimes in the <laughs> fitness market made simple group, you know, people saying, well, it's all right for you because you, you can buy in a grand's worth of traffic and you can right? I'm like, well, yeah, but it wasn't always the case. Like, how did I get from there to there? Yeah. Blind luck doesn't happen as regularly as most people would think. And no, for, most of the time it's action versus like meets opportunity at the end of the day. Yeah. You've got to be in that yeah. situation. You've got to be in that position. Yeah. You had to make yourself into the person that became an attractive proposition to the person who wanted to put all that money in your hand in the first place. Right, <laughs> um, right um, Dax, I'm going to get some out. I want to get some digging some more into you then. So this is the complete blank around. So you're just going to fill in some of the blanks for me. So mm. if I was ever to visit your hometown, I should? You should come and train at my studio because that's where, that's, that's where my... That's where my studio is, um, but you should you should you should always also um, go and eat at Radizia Rico, which is an absolutely fantastic Brazilian eatery where they just oh. walk around all night with meat on skewers, and they oh, just keep nice. you can stay there all night, and they just keep feeding you. Sweet, so you can just train at your gym and just eat meat. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, right. train and eat meat. Your best friend would describe you as. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of if well best not you use the swear words but like my, my best friend would describe me as a complete idiot i'm i'm um <laughs> love it i i always tell people and this is absolutely true i am ever like most people kind of know me know me as the as this kind of profound kind of guy right because i'm very spiritual i'm always kind of saying all these deep things but i'm equally as profane as i'm profound um i am <laughs> <laughs> so I I am profane and profound, and I absolutely love being profane and profound as well. Um, I love I love the look in some some guys when I've just said something deeply moving and spiritual, <laughs> and then immediately gone, yeah, and that's an idiot. <laughs> or something, something, I, I love that. I love that. Last time you were drunk was oh bloody hell, um, probably probably too recently. Um, I drank a couple of bottles of wine over the weekend, but I wasn't I wasn't drunk. But no, I've, it's been quite. Quite recently, I think it might have been in the might have been in, ah. We actually have video footage. It was in Vegas. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. this is yeah. I think I heard hear about because that was I saw you on that night, and I think after the end of that, then you, I think you got really bad, pretty much. <laughs> well, one of my well, people had been kind of playing me. You know, when you're a speaker, people are off. Oh, let me buy you another drink. Let that me was, buy yeah, the, the Shark Tank thing was awesome as well. So like. Yeah. It was sushi. But, um, just, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, kind of. I I was due to do like another video, you know, because oh, I was doing I those selfie videos a few for days. <laughs> yeah, I had to delay a few. Like the next day, I had such a bad hangover. But, <laughs> but I had a, a clip of me, clip of me walking past the Mandalay Bay, kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's the last time I was actually pissed. Yeah. Uh, what? A, well, I think that's a, a good place to do it. Definitely. <laughs> um, you upset people by. The the type the type of people I probably upset are those who have absolute definitions of right and wrong. 
left and right, up and down, right? Kind of black and white. Yep. If that, those kind of people kind of, I, I think, I think I upset because um, I'm very often able to, able to pick holes in there, pick holes in there. Not like, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of per- person who attacks other people's yeah. ideas, but um, people who are very often black and white have a, have a, a knack of attacking other people's ideas. Right. So mm. I guess other people I would upset would be well, people be. that, I was just going to say, it could be like you burp a lot or something, or you fart a lot. <laughs> People that have become content to play to play a smaller game, because my my belief system and part of part of my my life's purpose is to help people find the greatest version of the grandest vision of themselves. So I'm always kind of poking them with a little pointy stick, kind of. <laughs> uh, you've got more. You've got more. Yeah. And every now and then, someone will, someone will go, "No, I've honestly reached my limit, and you've got to stop pointing me that stick." <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What is your favorite uh, movie? Uh, well, you've, you've, got to love, you've got to love the Rocky movies, right? Because oh. they're just full of that, so much corn, corny cliches. For me, it's Rocky, Rocky 1 and 4. And that's about right. It. Well, for me, it was, Rocky, it was Rocky 3 that got me into boxing. So I, oh. I became a boxer and like, quite a high-level boxer um, off, the back of, off the back of Rocky 3. Which one was Rocky 3? Was that, was, was that Mr. That was T? Mr. T. Yeah. Oh, that is, <laughs> that's good just for that. Yeah. This is the Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? I mean, so far we've heard... We, your granddad was mentioned ages ago, obviously when you was really young, but maybe yeah. more and more up to date type stuff. Was there someone who you just sort of met at the right sort of time? Or yeah, well, I I did some coaching with Joe Vitale and with Bob Proctor from The Secret, so they they were both my coaches at, at one one point each. What they showed me was just like the the chalk and cheese difference between them talking about things and me. My growth up to that point had been quite linear. It was like one rung of the ladder at a time. Yeah. And then chatting with people like Bob, Bob Pro and Bob, Bob was talking to me and saying, first off, you know, he, he heard my story around the Magic 100. Like the Magic 100 was essentially how I moved from the gym to making my, making my first six-figure income yeah. and being on the news and all that kind of stuff, right? And he, he said, and then I told him that I, I'd done this with clients and that they'd done really well. He was like, oh, you should write a book about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, like most people. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no I'm serious. I, I wrote the book and then that, that became the, the first inkling that growth can be exponential. Like mm. from one year to the next, it doesn't have to be an increment. And we get, it's, it's often that that holds us up. Yeah. And I think yeah. Bob was very, very good. And so was Joe Vitale. Both of them were very good at that exponential kind of thinking. Other big influences, similar kind of idea though. Um, Ryan, you know Ryan Lee. I, oh, I didn't come awesome. with him directly. Um, actually, I've done a couple of coaching calls with him, but he's not been an ongoing coach of mine. But a really big influence though in terms of exponential thinking. Um, yeah, Ryan Lee. But there's very big for me, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I observe and I watch and kind of what what I'm most interested in is who they are while they while they're pursuing their success not not what they accomplish like how much money they earn out of that launch and everything else i'm i'm very interested in who a person is as they're becoming successful yeah um, um and and largely because at one point when i was becoming successful i became a bit of a dick myself right so um <laughs> decided to make the change and I, I and i brought it back it also happened around about the, the time of the tsunami which is i was involved in that obviously and um kind of the tsunami was very humbling and kind of grounded me a bit more into like okay there's there's being successful and then there's being a dick and the two don't necessarily have to be have to be conjoined and and you don't have to go through life that way definitely okay dax well we've made it to the alpha round um i'm very aware of time as well because i'm supposed to be interviewing brian grasso and carrie again now but we've done don't worry don't worry about 
Uh, exactly. I know they know you. Right, so give them another slap. Yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> so we're into the alpha round. Um, this week, you're going to give us a few little productivity resources, techniques, tips that you use on a daily basis. And uh, we'll start that off with a book recommendation. Um, to be honest, it's, it's not going to be one that most people would think of, but it's one that's been amazingly influential in my life. And that's, uh, that's the Conversation with God series. Um, the, conver- the, reason, the reason it might not seem like it falls into productivity, but it, it does in many respects, because what the Conversation with God series does is it, it has you think about what's most important in your life. Anyone who's a coach should definitely read it because it's got so much coaching skills embedded in that book. That um, you you can't fail to become a much much better coach off the back of that. Ah, brilliant, good one. Have you got a particularly high tech resource that you use a lot in your daily life? Really? I'm I'm not su- I'm not super gizmo. If I if I like I've, I'm on my MacBook Air right now, right? Yeah. And I'm you know that pretty much goes with me everywhere. And ScreenFlow, um, they're they're my. I say yeah. So I mean, so people aren't aware of ScreenFlow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I use that. I'm using a bit of that now. It's. Uh, just a screen recording tool, and uh, yeah, people aren't aware of it. Yeah, really I, I create a lot of my products in in ScreenFlow, so um, you know you can you can screen record, tell you tell your students exactly what you're doing, and then upload that, and yeah, it's, it's no. pretty good. That's I guess a, that's a cool yeah. high tech one. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I use. That it's brilliant. Okay, what would you say is one of your personal alpha habits that you do that keeps you on the straight and narrow? Um, take time for myself every day. Um, I don't really believe that you can give to others until you've given to yourself. So kind of the, the most, I think the most important thing that you can do for yourself, and it's not at the moment, I, you, you're aware of this. We haven't spoken about it very much on this call, but I, you know, I'm suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder at the moment for off the back of my, some of my kind of tsunami sort of experiences. It just come and hit me about 18 months ago. Right. Yeah. And, um, what that's meant is that in this in this last 18 months i've given a lot less time over to things like meditation and personal readings on things like philosophy and my spiritual reading and all that kind of stuff i still do it but but there's a lot less but so what I, what i've kind of replaced that with recently or in the in the last 18 months has been playing guitar so i i couldn't play a guitar 18 months ago i can now um, oh, fa- nice. fairly decently so but it's another way of yeah it's another way of giving back to back to yourself so i do that i play guitar several times a day um, I read, I read every day, um, certainly read spiritual book and I try to meditate every single day, every single day as well. Brilliant. Okay. What do you think was holding you back? Like way back before it started to, as you say, almost exponentially start to grow for you? Nothing. Um, seriously, no, I, I don't think there's anything holding you back other than your own reluctance to move forward. I, I really do understand why people would be reluctant to move forward. A lot of us are a lot of us are scared of taking the step to become the next phase of ourselves, or we're worried about the cost of getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much? You know. Certainly, life's a bit better now again, in terms of in terms of my family and all that, that side of things, but. There has been a lot of sacrifices in order to kind of get all the things off the ground, things that like very long days and family not seeing me very much. Even now, I like spend a lot of time on the road at the moment. So there there are prices to pay. And some people, some people aren't willing to pay that price. Um, I don't, I don't make that a a worse choice. um, It's just a reflection of some people say, well, if that, if it means me not being there when my kids go to bed at night, then that's something I'm not going to do. But they, and that's absolutely, absolutely fair and right. If that's how it, if that's how things resonate with them. My point here, though, is that very often 
when they discount that that's a choice as opposed to saying, well, no, I can do it. Here's what I'm choosing to do instead or I'm choosing to do a little bit of both, yeah. right? Yeah. None, like none of us, are at, we're not really stuck in a place. We're making a choice to be there. I think that's, um, that's really, like you said, it's really important because when people say, oh, I can't do that, you can. It's just you, you're choosing not to. And yes. like say, it's, it's just a priority thing. And if, that's fine if it's not a, that much of a priority of you or there's yeah. other things in the way. But you know, just I, 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 I don't judge anyone who's chosen a life where they want to put their kids to bed every single night. And that's more important to them than going, you know, traveling the world or speaking on the stage. Or, I, I yeah. don't judge that at all. Um, the, the, the only thing there is, is the honesty and the clarity around the situation for yourself that no, I could have chosen different. I, this is what I've chosen. And given that it's what you've chosen, you, you then also have the choice to be happy about, you, about it, right? You can say, yeah, hey, I'm really, really glad I, I, I was around my kids every single night as opposed to going off traveling the world. Uh, a lot of, but here's where it kind of goes a little bit tits up, where it goes a little bit wrong is that pe- people make a choice, they pretend it's not a choice, mm. and then they get all bitter and twisted about the other stuff they could have done if only it wasn't for yeah right oh. so then i only it wasn't for the fact that i had a young family that's where it all gets a bit screwed up it's like i think you've got to make make the choices that are going to keep you happiest as, as much as you possibly can in life it's not always easy either. okay i don't know if you heard that who do you think i should interview next or very soon i think next and probably immediately after this call we should interview brian grasso um <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy gets on it all the time. He gets enough. He gets enough time on it. Is you know what? Though? Even if I hadn't, even if I hadn't known that, um, even if I hadn't known you were interviewing Brian, I would have recommended you interview Brian. That's what's the best way people can get in touch with you if they want to know more about Dax and no. all the other On Facebook, it's you know forward slash Dax Moy. Um, if you're interested in things like my courses and 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 workshops for body map and biomap and mind map, go to fitsystemtraining.com. Perfect. Well, uh, Dax. <laughs> I'm glad you I finally caught up with you enough. I'm glad you kept me on the radar and uh, we made it happen anyway. We made it happen. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. This episode is sponsored by the Alpha Way Intensive. This is where we get six aspiring or current alpha men and we take them away to the coast and we just take them to another level. So if you're interested in that, we have South Coast UK, the first ever one, on very early, first week in September, three three days you need to be available. And then we move over two weeks later, around the 19th, 20th and 21st, to the West Coast USA. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.